deal with some of the smartest people. I mean, really, really smart, the rocket scientists. I get to say that I work with rocket scientists. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life in Accounting. We are a podcast production of whereaccountantsgo.com. I'm Mark Goldman, the CPA, and your host for this podcast. As you know, if you've been listening for a while now, we are a show that's all about highlighting the different career paths that you can have starting from a background in accounting. Today's guest is an excellent guest for fulfilling that purpose. Anoop Mehta joined us for this episode, and his story in a nutshell is one involving starting as an intern and eventually becoming president of the same organization. And before you start to think that, oh, it must be a small company or something like that, yes, it may have started that way, but today they have over a thousand employees. It's really a great story of getting in on the proverbial ground floor and then working hard to make a difference. Anoop also shares that there were some additional skill sets that he had to develop outside of just his accounting education. He's been involved in several community boards, but one that definitely deserves to be highlighted is the Maryland Association of CPAs. Anoop got started with MACPA as a committee member and eventually served as chair for their state association. It was through those interactions, coupled with some other similar outside of work activities, that he credits with helping him build up his soft skills in the areas of leadership and communication. He really does have a good story. Not everyone joins an organization as an intern and ends up being the president as they grow to over a thousand employees. It's really a great story of sticking with an opportunity and, and giving it your all. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. If you do find value in this episode, please check us out online. You can find us at www.whereaccountantsgo.com. We have all kinds of accounting career-focused materials there for you. One material that you may want to check out if you're looking to grow your own career is our first book, 49 Tips for a Successful Accounting Career. You can find it on Amazon, of course. However, you can also find it for immediate delivery at our website at www.whereaccountantsgo.com. It's a collection of the best advice from the first hundred or so podcast guests that we had on this very podcast. I'm sure you'll like it. Please check it out. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started. Here's a noop meta. Well, hello, Anoop. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me. No problem. Well, for the audience, we have Anoop Mehta on the show today, and this is going to be a wonderful show to record for a few reasons. First, Anoop was referred to us by one of our former guests, which I always appreciate. I love referrals. (laughs) And secondly... Anoop literally started his career as an intern, and yes, I said intern, at his company, Science Systems and Applications Incorporated, and now, many years later, he is the president and CEO, and plus, during that time, they've grown quite a bit, so I know this is going to be a wonderful story for our audience. Anoop, I really do appreciate you making the time for this today, and I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your story, so to speak, but before we get into your role now, I want to make sure we cover the early years. How did you decide initially to pursue accounting as a possible career in the first place? 
Well, Mark, uh, again, thank you for having me. I love to tell the story because in a way it's unique. You know, I got interested in accounting actually at the high school level. I first took a class in accounting. Uh, it was in 11th grade. And actually that course was uh, generally reserved for seniors only, which is, you know, 12th graders. And there was a teacher that I came across and I had taken a couple of classes with him, other business classes with him. And he really encouraged me to uh, sign up for accounting. Accounting, and his name was Mr. Miller. I will never forget it. And after taking that class in 11th grade, I really enjoyed it so much that I wanted to pursue it further. And I asked Mr. Miller, uh, what can I do? And since this was the only course that was offered, and like I said, it was only offered for to seniors, and I had just taken it in 11th grade. He said, well, don't worry about it, Noop. Uh, tell you what, just sign up for this class again, and we'll do independent study. I said, wow, that's neat. So I can pursue and take, you know, advanced accounting in, in high school. So he gave me a book uh, over the summer and a workbook, and I took that and worked over the summer, and, you know, I was really enjoying myself. And then in my senior year, my 12th grade, I attended classes, but we kind of did our own thing, and actually there were like five or six of us in that independent study. And, you know, I just fell in love, and I knew that was kind of what I wanted to do. There was also a movie that we watched. Uh, believe it or not, there was a movie for, about accountants. So we watched that in 11th grade, and it was all about accountants and what they do. And I remember watching and saying how cool it was uh, to help businesses and what a respected profession it is. And what really made me, you know, this is what I want to do is my dad. My dad's an accountant, too. Uh, oh. He was a chartered accountant from India. He practiced in Africa before he came to U.S. So he's been in the accounting profession for over six decades before he retired and uh, practiced accounting in three different continents. So his uh, demeanor, the way he carried himself, uh, I think he had a huge influence on my decision to go into accounting. I mean, I remember people always treated him with respect and uh, always were eager to hear what he had to say say. And I thought, well, this is what I want to do. So that's kind of what made me. You know, my dad, Mr. Miller in high school, those were like the two key figures that really inspired me to go into accounting. Wow. There's so much I want to ask about here. Um, <laughs> the movie about accountants, you know, if someone hears that now, they're thinking Ben Affleck, you know, and the accountant. Exactly. That was. Yeah. But that wasn't it because yeah. this is a few years back. Do you remember what that was by chance? I don't remember the name, but the only okay. thing I do remember the last scene, and hopefully this doesn't come out the r wrong way, but at the last scene was this guy, uh, the accountant, driving off in a red convertible Mercedes. I said, that's what I wanted to get. I'm still waiting for that, by the way. <laughs> but it, it just made an impression, you know. Uh, it was just uh, a wonderful, uh, they talked about, you know, not just audit, but taxes and helping businesses make good decisions. So all of those things kind of covered, you know, for 11th grade or whatever you, you could make out of it or take out of it. And uh, I, I wish I knew remembered the name of it, but it was it's kind of a, I think it was like a 20 minute, uh, 25 minute story about accounts. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. And the other thought I had is that every state CPA society wants a hundred Mr. Millers you know, in, in their area to be promoting the accounting profession. That's crazy for him to effectively, you know, volunteer to make up the curriculum for an advanced class. And that's, wow, that was really a gift. 
that was really a gift. And, you know, I, I, that's why I love the teaching profession so much. I mean, I, I admire the teachers because I, they have a tremendous uh, ability to influence. And I don't think I would have gone into accounting, per se, even though I know my dad was an accountant. But, uh, you know, there's a combination of things. And uh, he really inspired me. And, and, you know, part of it is also confidence, you know, being able to say, hey, I really think you should do this, encourage you to do this. And uh, especially since that course was only available for seniors, he allowed me to sign up for it and take the class in 11th grade. So I'm ever thankful to Mr. Miller. Wow. Yeah, that is special. So something else that really intrigued me about your story, you know, what popped in my mind is the term ground floor opportunity. When you mentioned that you started as an intern, and and I think you said the company was substantially smaller at the time. And now, of course, you're president. How did you get the internship? Is this a typical internship that we think of these days where, you know, they interview some people on campus and you get the job? And how did all that get started? Well, so, you know, after high school, um, I attended uh, University of Maryland here in College Park. Uh, and so I've been a local, uh, you know, I grew up locally and attended local college. And uh, since I knew I was going to be an accounting major, I had already declared it uh, right as freshman. During uh, the first couple of years of my college, I worked a couple of part-time jobs here and there. And then in uh, 1980, like I said, I was in school already a couple of years. My my dad told me about the client he had. And I said, he said, uh, you know, the client was, you know, he was basically operating out of his basement. And my dad used to do his taxes and the company's tax returns and slight, uh, light accounts services for him and said, hey, he is just kind of venturing out from his basement into a small office that he's just gotten and maybe he needs somebody to just oversee that. And I, I said, you know, sure. I really never thought that I would be doing that immediately. But, you know, at some point, I think uh, my dad said he wanted me to get out of this, uh, I guess, uh, the restaurant business because I was used to in, in McDonald's and I worked at, I think it was High's Dairy Store at that time. It was now 7-Eleven. But I think they got tired of me coming home like 12 midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so so my dad suggested I at least talk to him. And the, the gentleman uh, was Dr. Ombehiti, who was the founder of the company. So I remember it was my last final for the semester. Uh, it was the, the spring semester. And my dad said, well, why don't you, as soon as your last exam is over, why don't you uh, go meet him? I said, Dad, my last final at uh, 9 o'clock in the night on a Friday night, you really want me to go to his office at that time? He said, yeah, yeah, he's going to be working. I said, oh, okay. So anyway, I, I went to the office. He had just opened it up like a month and a half, two months ago before that. And I interviewed with him, uh, and I still remember it was, uh, you know, at 9.30 in the night, I think, I, by the time I got to his office. And Dr. Behethi, and, uh, you know, he asked me a couple of questions, what I was going to be doing, what I wanted to do. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to pursue my degree in accounting. And back then, I always thought, yeah, you know, if you got a job with the Big Eight back then, the Big Eight farm, right? That was where I wanted to be, and that's what I wanted to pursue. So he asked me a couple of questions, and uh, he handed me. Uh, he asked me if I could type. 
I said, sure, uh, I know how to type. And again, this is another, my typing teacher in high school, I have to appreciate that too, thank her for that. So I typed a couple of things and handed it to him and he goes, um, okay, can you start Monday? I said, yeah, I guess so. And, you know, so, you know, so he actually, Dr. Behati used to spend most of his time at uh, NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. That's where we have uh, most of our work. And he used to spend most of his time there. So the office was pretty much empty and he would come late in the afternoon, late evenings and just do some of the administrative stuff. But then I was there alone. So I used to answer phones, uh, do typing, like typing and basically office chores, order supplies or whatever I needed. And at that time, he had one more employee. So really, there was two employees when I started. And so after that, just, you know, when I graduated, I think it was, uh, uh, we had uh, close to, I think, 20 employees by the time I graduated. So from two to 20, had, we had grown in a couple of years. And uh, he asked if I wanted to stay on. And at that time, you know, things had gotten, and we're in the government contracting. So lots of uh, regulations to follow, uh, lots of reporting. And it was getting to be difficult for my dad to do the day-to-day stuff that he used to do. So uh, he asked me, well, why don't you, if you're not doing anything, you don't have any plans, just stick with the company. And Omen asked me to um, stay. I said, sure, I'll do that. And I just loved the, uh, loved the people that I was working with. And uh, I said, well, yeah, I don't have anything. And, and the work we did was supporting NASA and how cool that is, you know, to work on projects uh, or actually be part of people that are working on projects that, you know, satellites get flown out there uh, through spacecrafts and, and whatnot. So I thought it was pretty cool. So I stick around and slowly, slowly the company grew. Now, remember at that time, you know, we have about, when I became full time, we had about 20 people, but I started to oversee like the accounting, the human resources, contracts, administration, and I've had no formal training in any of those areas. I just had my accounting degree and that was it. So you start to learn pretty quickly. Um, I read a lot and I started to develop uh, great relationships uh, with the people, our clients like Goddard, NASA, Goddard Space Flight Center, and I met a couple of people there. They actually kind of took me under their wings and they taught me a lot about government contracts. And, uh, you know, so there were quite a few people along the way that helped me. And uh, as the company got bigger, my title changed from uh, finance manager to VP of finance and administration. And throughout that, my responsibilities continued to increase. Then in 2000, that's where we had the biggest uh, uh, jump. Uh, around that time, we were around 250 employees. And nearly overnight, we doubled the size of the company uh, from 250 to close to 500 employees because we had just won a large contract from NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. And so at that time, uh, my title changed to CFO, which is the function that I held till 2015 when I became president of the company. So like I said, throughout the process, a lot of credit goes to a lot of people for my success and, you know, and progression. And a lot of people um, invested their time in, in developing 
developing me, and this is why I'm so much into now education, helping people, because I got that from quite a few people. And those, some of those same people are still with the company, actually, so I, I get to see them still every day. I learned a lot from our customers, and uh, the thing that I'm most proud of is just the environment of the people around all these years. You know, I deal with some of the smartest people. I mean, really, really smart, the rocket scientists. I get to say that I work with rocket scientists, but they're the nicest people uh, to be around. And I think that's the environment that I kind of grew up in, and uh, that helped me to get to where I am today. So I'm very much appreciative of all the people that have helped out around me uh, throughout those years. Today, we have roughly over a 1,000 employees now. Wow. So what is a typical day or a week like for you? As president, I, I take it you're not writing journal uh, entries, probably somebody that does that. <laughs> um, actually, no. My typical day: lots of meetings, uh, lots of meetings, uh, visiting customers, making connections, and uh, partnering, creating partnerships uh, for new opportunities. Uh, and then, you know, main, managing day-to-day issues that come up. Uh, you know, as, when you're having, you know, over a thousand employees, there are bound to be things that just come up on a a day-to-day. There are a few things that I'm very heavily involved in because I I enjoy those parts. But I will tell you, the day goes by pretty fast, but there are still times that I will get on the whiteboard and draw up a T account (laughs) to explain a concept to our accounting manager or a CFO. Then I kind of get a kick out of it. I don't let them uh, see that I I enjoyed that part, but uh, there are times I'll do that and uh, I'll say, oh, no. Another, not another tea account, right? I said, well, this is how I know how I can explain something. <laughs> so, yeah, time to time I still do that, but uh, most of the day is just managing day-to-day operations, you know, looking out for new opportunities, new business, and last you know, four years, five years, we've uh, we've uh, grown about I think forty forty-five percent. So we're on quite beautiful. So I'm curious. You started as the the company's you know, second employee outside of the founder, and you stayed with that same organization. I could see how with some people, they may get comfortable and decide, ah, you know, I don't know if I need to become a CPA, or I don't, I'm don't. i not sure about certification. And obviously, I don't feel that way. Otherwise, I wouldn't be asking the question. But what was the decision process like for you? Because you you are a CPA, so that's something you chose. Did that come earlier in your career, late in your career? You know, what, what was that decision point like for you? So I am a CPA. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, I'm also hold the designation of CGMA. So after graduation, I did sit for the exam, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't pass. And I tried a couple of times and, you know, I didn't pass and I said, well, you know, then I started to second guess myself. Do I really need this? Because I had a good job and a lot of responsibilities and I was enjoying the work that I was doing. So I kind of gave up. I didn't uh, pursue it. Then at the age of 30, I just turned 30. um, And, you know, you have these self-reflections. What have you done? You know, even though, like I said, I was pretty happy with what I was doing. I was enjoying my work. I was enjoying the people. And, uh, you know, that self-reflection that have I done 
everything in my life or have I done things in my life that I could be proud of? And I said, well, you know, I really, really wanted to do the CPA, pursue the, uh, take the exam again and, and get that designation. So at 30, I said, no, I'm going to do this and I know it's going to require me to do this. Um, now I've been removed from the school for some time. So that was a little bit difficult. I was married. I had my first uh, child. Uh, so that is not when you want to do this because it, the commitment that uh, is required to pass that exam. Now I was still under the old system, right? And you have those two and a half days you sit and you go to these uh, places and you sit there for two and a half days and you take the exam. So I enrolled in a um, review class and I had a discussion with uh, the, the owners that, hey, I really need to do this uh, and this is the time commitment that I'm going to require in order for me to pass it. And they were really, really encouraging and they, they said, sure, uh, whatever it takes, I know it's important. So in 1991, I did the review class and sat for the exam and I passed uh, all the parts. And I would tell you, talk about a relief. It was just an amazing day for me that day when I uh, opened up that envelope, you know. And if back then you got those envelopes, right? And I'm sure you <laughs> recall those. I don't know. But uh, it, it was a special day. Um, so, and I think after that, I could see the difference. I could see the change in the people that I interacted with when I got the CPA designation. Not that, you know, I, I didn't have credibility in the work that I used, was doing and all that, but I think it just changed their mindset a little bit, having those, those three little uh, letters behind your name. And, you know, those people that are thinking whether we should do, I should do this or not, I wish that I had done it a lot earlier. It would have been a little bit easier. Um, uh, not having, you know, gone through, uh, you know, not married and having kids and all that and, and then sitting for it. It's just uh, the commitment. Uh, it's hard to find that time to be able to do that at that time. So I would certainly encourage as soon as you get out of school, take the exam and, and get it over, uh, you know, get past that. And I will tell you whether people say it or not, the image, you, you, the perception changes immediately when you say you're a CPA. And I think that opened up so many doors for me that are today very important to me. Um, so absolutely pursue the CPA designation. It will open up whether you want to stay in the accounting profession or like me who is in private industry. It just adds a tremendous amount of credibility to whatever you're going to do. Hmm. Yeah, sort of along the same lines. I'm curious, what as the company grew, I was going to say, and as you progressed in the company and, and that sort of went hand in hand, there are things that you come across that you realize, oh, I didn't learn this in college, you know. <laughs> what, what have you found that you, you've had to learn along the way in the, you know, progression up to president, you know, where you are now? What, how, in what ways have you had to sort of supplement your, your education, so to speak? There are lots of things, <laughs> Mark. There are lots of things that I guess the colleges don't prepare you for. I think you know the technical skills. Obviously, you have to you have to have those in order to continue to pursue your the exam and all that. But skills like uh, communication skills, leadership skills, and some of the other soft skills, or you know we call them success skills, uh, you learn through getting yourself outside your comfort zone, meaning getting outside the confines of your office. I think what helped my career that I got involved in activities a little bit in college 
but after college uh, in community, I was uh, on community boards. I was involved heavily in uh, community activities. You know, that allowed me to have confidence in talking to people, and I think that was very important. You know, you're kind of to yourself, I think. Uh, I mean, in college, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to a lot of parties or anything like that, but, you know, once I got out and started to interact with people, that's why I think that's where I started to learn about people, you know, uh, and what's important to enhance your career is, is connections, making networking connections and, you know, meeting people that you wouldn't normally meet because you, you can learn a lot. Um, so I, you know, I started doing a lot of the community activities and getting in on some community boards. And uh, then I interacted with people that are in leadership positions in other organizations. So you, you start to develop that. So that, I think that's the, uh, my advice to, to people would be start that early. Don't wait till you get out of college or in, in your, you know, you're already in your pursuing a career or early career. I think those are things that you need to start developing in, in, in college and earlier if at all possible. And, you know, I think part of it is also we're a science and engineering company. Uh, you know, I don't have those skill sets that most of my counterparts and that our president and CEOs of other companies that I deal with, uh, they all uh, have science or engineering technical background. So I have to little, learn a little bit about what we do. Uh, I say this a bit because there's no way I can be at the level that some of these folks have. I mean, the, their master's, PhD in physics and meteorology, uh, some really, really smart people. But understanding what they do a little bit and how it applies, uh, I think I'm able to talk to others about what we do. There's no way I can fully grasp the technical knowledge, but having some understanding helps certainly to connect with our employees, our customers, and, and the partners. And there's still, at some point, I still see that as a, a challenge. I mean, acceptance, uh, since I don't have that technical background, being accepted uh, by peers is still a challenge. But, you know, you, you show them because you're involved in so many different things and you bring some of those, what you've learned outside the organization back into your organization to make the organization better. So I think uh, I'm getting there, you know, after 39 years, I'm still getting there. But uh, I think, you know, getting outside your comfort zone is critical. That's my advice. Uh, and I think uh, for people in early career, uh, start to connect with people early and as broad as you can, because you just never know where your interests will go. At what point did you start getting involved with the Maryland Association of CPAs? Because I know we talked about that a little bit in our pre-show conversation. Was that were you involved before becoming a CPA, or, or did did that sort of come later career? Or how did that work? Actually, that was right after I passed my exam. I um, there was a committee that the MACPA had, the Government Contractor Committee, and I remember I attended one of the conferences. And after the conference was over, I really enjoyed it. And I went up to um, the chair of the committee, and uh, uh, it was his name is Harry. And I asked Harry, uh, "This is really good. Uh, I really enjoyed the conference. Um, how can I get involved?" He said, "Well, uh, he told me about the next meeting, committee meeting they were having, and where. And he said, just come.'" 
And I said, oh, uh, that easy. And sure enough, uh, I, I went to the committee meeting. And actually, uh, after two years, I chaired the committee um, because I really enjoyed what the mission was and what we were trying to do. And I, you know, it exposed me to a lot more people in the government contracting arena. And uh, that also helped uh, if I had a question, I could just pick up a phone uh, call and talk to somebody and say, hey, I've got this issue. And some of these folks, who have been in, in the in the field for you know 20 30 uh, years so it was great to be able to get insight uh, from them so I kind of got involved I think it was in 91 92 um, with the committee from a committee standpoint and then as I said I, I chaired the committee for a couple of years I'm actually I'm still actively involved in the committee um, and then um, years later uh, uh, MACPA um, the uh, the executive uh, uh, director reached out to me um, and said, hey, you know, I know you've been involved in this committee. We have a board opening um, and would you be interested in joining the board? And they said, well, look, uh, the individual who is uh, on the board had to leave because of uh, they got another appointment. It would be a conflict and the remaining term is six months. You see how you like it. If you like it, great. If not, then, then you you tried it. So I got on the board and I really enjoyed it. And uh, then I got nominated to, to be on the board again for a couple of more years. And then after that, uh, they reached out to me again uh, and said, hey, uh, would you be interested in uh, becoming secretary treasurer for the organization? Um, now, I, at that time, I did not know that that was kind of the progression to the chair position. Um, <laughs> but I found out pretty quickly, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a nice hook that they have. So it's great. I, I tell you, that was one of the best things I ever did. And uh, 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 so, you know, I met a lot of people through the MACP. So I joined the board, then I became part of the executive uh, team, uh, secretary treasurer, and then I think in 2012, 13, I became chair of the MACPA. Now, through that, you know, you get connected with people at the AICPA level as well. And I uh, learned a lot about leadership and gaining confidence in my ability. While, you know, you, I've been in leadership positions for a long time, but, you know, I still had a lot to learn. And I think this gave me an opportunity to do that. Um, and, and I'll tell you that the MACPA is in like no other society, state society. I, I, I Not that I'm, I'm biased, but I can tell you it's been an amazing. And I followed, uh, uh, I think you may know Kimberly Ellison Taylor. So she was uh, the first uh, chair from MACPA. And she was actually the chair of MACPA. Uh, and I was kind of in her footsteps. So. That's another person that I admire quite a bit. Wow. So that's how I <laughs> kind of got into the MACP. So, yeah, I'm still, I still, um, in fact, I was just at the board meeting that they had uh, uh, last week because they, they still uh, continue to invite me to the board meetings. And I'm actually uh, now at the AICPA. I'm on the AICPA board, and I'm on the board liaison to uh, the Maryland Association of CPAs. So it all connected, <laughs> and wow. it was great. Um, so going back to you, you had asked me earlier about the CPA, I don't think I would have had these opportunities open up. Yeah. 
had I not gone and got my CPA. Because it's, and, you know, it's uh, the training, I guess, the development that you get through these organizations like the MACPA, AICPA. I mean, it's not you're learning new tax rules or you know, how to do taxes or, you know, new audited skills or auditing skills or anything like that. But it's all about professional development. And that's what I think uh, I've gotten most out of uh, these organizations. Beautiful. Well, we end every show with the same three questions, but there's one more thing I want to get to, and we're starting to run out of time. There's so much more I could ask you about. I, you've given me a lot of ideas. Uh, but So you were referred by Byron Patrick, and you know, Byron was uh, the first person on our show, at least, that has CPA tattooed on his forearm. That was, that was the first for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty neat tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned to me in our pre-show discussion that you had owned a martial arts school. So you're the first person that you know, was in the martial arts business, the first martial arts CPA that we've had on the show. So I, I just have to ask about that a little bit. Is that something you still do? or how, how did you end up owning a martial arts studio, of all things? Well, that is something I still do. Okay. So about the time I started this job in 1980, I had taken a class at uh, University of Maryland, um, uh, Taekwondo class, martial arts. You know, I guess the generic term is karate. And I really enjoyed it. And... Uh, I was uh, taking it with a friend of mine from high school and you know we both took it together and we really enjoyed it and he said Anoop uh, you know I found a school uh, nearby um, would you be interested in coming and I said well you know one semester is fine but even though I liked it but I wasn't sure that I was going to do anything with that uh, but anyway I kind of went in and saw the school and I said well you know I'll do it for a month and see and I did and I really enjoyed it so I stuck with it then uh, in about five years after I started I got my black belt and uh, I tell this was uh, you know I said that there are a few things in my life that really helped my professional development MACP is right there this is one of them uh, hmm. martial arts I tell you to talk about developing confidence and being able to do things that you normally would not have done, you know. And shortly after I became Black Belt, they offered me a partnership. So I became a partner. And slowly after that, some of my partners started to move away to other states. So, you know, the remaining partners bought out the others till I bought out the last partner who uh, moved to Florida. So then I started to operate the school myself, um, managing it. Uh, we had about 20, 25 students, uh, you know, and when you were running a school and operating as a business, you basically did everything. So you had to make sure, you know, heating, air conditioning, if something broke down, you had to take care of it. And it was getting to be very, very difficult with, of course, my responsibilities to SSAI and some of the other boards that I was on. So I decided to actually convert the school more into a club. So I still go teach from time to time. I uh, don't run it as a business anymore, but we still have a handful of students. I go there to give exams to the students. Um, I'm in, also into judging tournaments, so I do that a lot. But really, that martial arts was a tremendous, gave me a tremendous confidence. I venture outside my comfort zone. I tried things that I would never have done before. In fact, uh, you know, when I 
meet friends and family and all that, I always encourage them to put their kids in through martial arts at the early age. It just changes their whole perspective on things. So yeah, I still go. I'm now a seventh degree black belt, uh, so I've been doing this for about 39, 40 years now. So it's been a long time. Wow. <laughs> okay, I just had to ask. Like I said, that was a first. I, I've never had that come up <laughs> on the show. So thank you. That's a good story. That's a good story. Well, I do end every show with the same three questions, so I probably should get to those. The first one's usually the easiest for the guest. What's been your proudest moment from a career perspective? I think a couple of them. There's not one single, but certainly become president of the company that I you know, started back in uh, 1980. Uh, I think becoming chair of the MACP was pretty special. And when I got my black belt in 1985, it was pretty special. So I think they're all contributed to my professional development. I, I think those are very special for me. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to rank any of those first. They're all, <laughs> they're all special for sure. Well, second question, tell us about a lesson you learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the situation, the the better, of course, because that's how we learn. You know, I've been thinking about that. Uh, I think the one that comes to mind is uh, in 2006, we we lost a major contract. Remember I told you in 2000, we won this big contract, uh, which doubled the size of the company. Well, in 2006, we lost that contract and reduced the company size to by about 40%. And... Uh, you know, I still remember that day as if it happened yesterday because I'd never want to go through that again. The day I found out, it was a Friday. I left home, uh, left work early, left, uh, went home, and just kind of crawled into uh, bed for the entire weekend. We knew we were doing good work, but, uh, you know, during competitions on contracts, you never know how things will work out. I think the things that, you know, you go through your mind, what could you have done better? What things can you have done? And uh and lying in bed for two days, entire weekend, you start to wonder and kind of second guess yourself on could you have done something differently or what did you do wrong, you know? And, you know, that the, I'll come to the lesson actually what I learned, but what really got me out of the bed, and it was just an amazing story. I was watching news and there was a story about this autistic young man who was an equipment manager for a high school basketball team. I don't know whether you come across that story or not. But anyway, uh, the coach uh, decided to have him put on the uniform uh, and be part of the team for their last game of the season. And then uh, with about two minutes left in the game, I think the coach decided to play him. Uh, Never expected to be playing, but he he put him in. And I remember in uh, the story, in about two minutes or three minutes left in the game, he hit six or seven three-pointers. And I watched that video, and that inspired me to get out of bed. The lesson, got to continue to be perseverance, um, have positive attitudes, and give everyone an opportunity to succeed. And I think some of the things that we're doing as an organization is that continue to, and that's the lesson I learned, that things will happen, uh, but you just got to get out and, and get, persevere and then be very positive. And uh, as long as you continue to give everybody an opportunity to succeed, you know, they will shine. And they will help you grow as well. So that was a tough lesson because I tell you, you're coming in one day, your company size is 500. Next day, you're down to around 300. Uh, it was not a good feeling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I, 
I have a third question that we end every podcast with, but I almost feel like we should cut it off there. That's such a, a good, <laughs> such a good lesson. I, I can't imagine. Wow. If that tape is on YouTube, I think somebody should I mean you should watch it. And I think I would encourage your audience to. Uh, I'm sure they can find it on YouTube. But it's an amazing yes. story. I need to look that one up for sure. Well, well, the third question uh, that we end every show with, uh, and then we'll we'll go ahead and close it down after this. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? I don't think there's one piece of advice. There's a couple, and I think they're all very important. You know, one the few that I cherish most is one my dad. He always taught me to live within your means. Uh, don't overextend your finances. My mom, who's a teacher by profession, always taught me about the importance of education. And another one that I, I still remember, my dad, and I still live it, it's uh, don't have any debts. In fact, in our company's 42-year history, uh, the company has never borrowed a single penny from the bank. So that's very proud of that. So those are some of the advice that I've received from my parents. And I, you know, it's not one, but it's a couple of them that are very, very important. Wonderful. It's, it's amazing how often when we get to this point in the show that the best advice always comes from the parents. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yes, yes, absolutely. Some things don't change. Well, thank you very much. That really is perfect to end this on. Well, for our audience, this has been Life in Accounting. We are a podcast production of whereaccountantsgo.com. If you haven't yet visited our website, please do so. We have a lot of accounting career content there for you. We have other episodes that may interest you. We have blog entries. We have books. Just a whole lot of other information to help you further your own career. And once again, that website is www.whereaccountantsgo.com. On that note, Anoop, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom you want to leave with the listening audience? Well, Mark, I really enjoyed the podcast. I hope your uh, audience enjoys it too, but please pursue that CPA. It will open up so many doors for you. So that's my last piece of advice. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, you've been a great guest. And to the audience, thank you again for joining us for another episode. We appreciate you. We will see everyone next week. There's more to come.